0: Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following every single Carolina Panthers game, like on Sunday. I'll be there live, breaking it all down. Also do live shows for any time there's any breaking news that is pertinent. I'll be right there on Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. If you ever miss a single one of those live episodes or any episode on YouTube, that's okay. You can check it out wherever you listen to this podcast, wherever you listen to all of your favorite podcasts. Of course, I'm hoping I'm one of your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of Locked On Panthers. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday, unless it's a holiday, I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. Participate next week in a weekly Friday mailbag either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Going to get to your weekly Friday mailbag questions here in a moment, but I thought I'd start off today's show uh, by kind of doing a little uh, personal angle. Telling y'all about a little dilemma that I have as the Panthers are two wins away from going to the playoffs for the first time since 2017 and being NFC South champions for the first time since they went 15-1 and one back in 2015. So, my dear old friend John is getting married in April to his lovely fiance, Kayla. And I'm very excited for this uh, wedding. It's going to be here in Charlotte. Can't wait. I'm in it. For whatever reason, he thought I should stand up there with him. I think it's insane. I asked all of my friends to never put me in their weddings because I didn't want to spend the entire wedding day with them I wanted the flexibility to do my own thing then show up to the ceremony and the reception but John said no you're doing this and I was like okay I'm doing it so you know what happens before the wedding there's a bachelor party he wants to go on a cruise well we're going on a cruise to the Bahamas during MLK Day weekend what is also during MLK Day weekend folks Super wild card weekend. A potential Carolina Panthers home game is also during that weekend. Have you already paid for this cruise? Yes, because if you've ever been on a cruise before, I have not. You have to pay in advance, which is one of the reasons I was like, ah, don't love the cruise idea because there's no way to get out of this, and I'm not a flake. But sometimes you like to have the option to potentially flake out of things and not have to hold up to your commitment. But with this, cannot do that. Already got 800 in it. Have not bought a plane ticket yet. That's the one thing I've been waiting for because we've got to go all the way down to Orlando. I am going to drive with them. And then on the way back, I'm at Monday morning. There is no way in hell at 7 a.m. I have been driving, what, seven, eight hours from Orlando back to Charlotte, especially when I'm going to be here talking to y'all about the Carolina Panthers, which I do every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday. Not going to do that. So I'm going to be flying. So I've yet to buy that flight because I've been waiting, waiting to see – If Steve Wilkes, who has done an incredible job and absolutely deserves this head coaching position, if he, I mean, hell, he might already earn it now, but if he certainly wins a division, I don't see how David Tepper does not hire him. But regardless of what happens here in Carolina, whether Tepper wants him or not, someone, some owner in the NFL should hire this man to be their head coach next year. So I've been sitting here the last couple weeks wanting this team to win. Because first and foremost, I'm a fan of the team. I want the team to have success. I don't believe in whole, in tanking. I can't even find an actual, you know, evidence of a team trying to lose then ending up and turning into a winning football team. Building a culture and a foundation of winning is far more important to me than finding that quarterback. Because you can have a quarterback, but if your culture sucks, your foundation sucks, they're going to fail. But right now, what the Panthers have built, over the last 11 weeks and 10 games of Steve Wilkes is a winning foundation and a winning culture. Will that win out over the next two weeks? We will see, especially on Sunday, where if they lose, it's over. But that does not take away the job that Steve Wilkes has done. But I've sat here and I've wondered, how serious is this team about going to the playoffs? Because I I have a flight to book. And I also have plans and money I might be throwing down the drain because if the Panthers go to the playoffs, y'all, I'm not going on that cruise. I'm not stepping foot in Orlando. I'm not stepping foot in the Bahamas. I'm going to be right here parked in front of this mic and this camera talking about the Panthers. So a part of me is like, damn, I really don't want to throw that money away. But another part of me is like, you know what, man? Bleep it. You got a lot of people who have supported you throughout the season. Ups, downs. You know the middle, and you cannot not sit here and talk about a playoff team with them. So if the Panthers go to the playoffs, I'm going to be here. I'm going to throw that money down the drain, and honestly, that's what I'm rooting for. I am rooting for losing out $800 because I want the Carolina Panthers to be a playoff team. And also, you know, Locked Ons treat me pretty well, so I'm pretty sure I'll be fine in the end. But either way, I just wanted to let y'all know about the that dilemma I've had because I've been sitting here being like, guys, can you be serious? you just gonna suck like choose a path choose a direction what do you want to do and i'm jacked up to see what they do on sunday afternoon although it might in the end hurt me financially at least for the time being it's the best thing for the show for the city for the franchise for a lot of y'all out there who love this team if they win so I hope they got there and went on Sunday. And I hope to God that they don't then follow it up with a loss at New Orleans because that would be so annoying because then the ticket prices are only going to go up higher for the flight I need to return. But also, it's like, let's handle prosperity. They couldn't do it after the back-to-back wins against Denver and Pittsburgh. They bounced back in a big way, and I was never surprised by their ability to bounce back, although I did pick them to lose. I was not surprised by it. I was surprised by how they did it and the record totals that they put up offensively, especially considering... What we had seen from this offense and the complaints that we've had with Ben McAdoo and the angst around the quarterback position, the Panthers have a massive game on Sunday afternoon. And that's my focus. My focus is not on whether or not I threw. I basically set money on fire to a bachelor party that I was always reticent, resident, reticent to go on because I don't want to go on a cruise. I don't want to be stuck there. I saw Titanic. I don't want to do it. I'm going to do it anyways. I feel like I'm obligated as a cruiseman to go anyways, and my money's already tied in it. But still, I want this team to be a playoff team. So I just thought I'd just share a little personal note there uh, before getting in some of these weekly Friday mailbag questions on the show. Maybe you hated it. I don't know. If you did, yeah, of course, you're going to fast forward, but whatever. But... Without further ado, take a quick pause here, come back, answer some of your weekly Friday Mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: All right, let's get into uh, what you actually came here to hear. And that's uh, me answer some of your weekly Friday mailbag questions and talk about this Panthers-Buccaneers game. We've done it all week. I've given y'all enough, I feel like, so I'm just going to take some time to say what I want to talk about, talk about me. Um, But I'm going to stop. Let's get into it. Again, at me on Twitter at Julian Council. Really, most of y'all just DM me um, on Twitter at Julian Council if you want to participate next week in the Weekly Friday Mailbag. And fingers crossed, we will be still talking about a meaningful game. And I'm not saying meaningful in terms of, oh, man, Panthers better lose so we can get that draft pick. No, 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 no. I'm talking about meaningful In terms of you win and you're in the freaking dance, y'all. That's what I want to talk about next week. I do not want to be stuck here talking about a team that's out of the playoffs and wasting breath. Because all we're going to be waiting for is the season to be over. I'm going to figure out who's staying, who's going, whether it's players, coaches, Wilkes, Tepper. (laughs) He's not going anywhere. But still, I don't want to sit here and have a lame duck week 18, basically. I want to have actual things on the line. So, damn it, go win this game on Sunday. All right, starting off with Reed, who's also jacked up. He said, am I completely insane to be all the way pumped up for the Tampa Bay game? Let's go! That's like eight O's he's got in there. Reed, no. This is what fandom's about, y'all. Like, what is the point of this if you're not excited for these kind of moments? What is the point of watching sports if you're not going to sit there and feel the emotional twists and turns of being a fan? And, like, here's the thing. I'm a Panthers fan, of course. But, like, I am way bigger of a North Carolina Tar Heel fan than I will ever be a Carolina Panthers fan. When I mean, the Panthers lose, I mean, it sucks. But the thing is, I feel a little bit more removed from it because I have to come up here, do this podcast in the way in the media or whatever. But, like, I am I feel removed from it as, like, a pure fan because, like, I got to have a level head. I can't be too emotional about the games because I don't think that really serves me well, it doesn't serve you, the audience, well at all. If I'm just like sitting here, you know, being a carnival barker and like losing my mind off of every little thing and every loss, like I certainly would rather than play good and win or play well and win. But still, but still, like I don't feel that big of a fandom, um, I, like I used to have. At least I have with Carolina. Like with the Tar Heels, like they lose the bowl game the other night to Oregon. It's crushing. They go from nine and one to nine and five, which is objectively hilarious. It sucks that I have my heart in it, but it is funny to have gone to nine and one. Drake may Heisman talk outside chance of going to the college Ball playoff, which was never going to happen. And probably Drake may win the Heisman also was never going to happen either, but still, It's just funny to go from that to, like, losing to Georgia Tech, losing to State, getting blown up by Clemson, and then playing really well but losing to Oregon, which was so predictable in the way that they lost that game. But I had so much fun this season because I think of just the highs and the lows, the moments, the friends I made along the way. And that's kind of the whole point of this Panther stuff too. And just being a sports fan is just all those moments, those times where you remember where you were at when such and such happened. Like, where were you, you know, when – You know, Cam Newton was going off and being the MVP. Where were you when he juked the hell out of the Minnesota Vikings uh, defense and almost took it back for a touchdown there on that run? Like, where were you when all these moments happened? That's what Sunday is. It's yet another time to implant a memory in your Panthers fandom. Hopefully it's a positive one. It could be a negative one. But it's the pain that stinks, but it brings us back. At least it brings me back, man. Because what you want to do is at least feel something. And while this team might be frustrating at times and may be inconsistent, they might also be awesome. They make you feel something. So, yeah, you're not insane. All you are is a normal sports fan. Maybe not normal. I don't know what is normal. But you're a fan of the team, and you're showing your fandom because you're pumped up. Being able to feel it is what this is all about to me. So, yeah, I'm happy to feel something. I'm happy that you're feeling something, and it's far better than being like, oh, hey, what are we going to do in a draft? Screw that, man. I hate that stuff. So, yeah, be excited. All right, let's go to Kendrick, who does have a question with the game as far as uh, about the game, rather, not with, English, about the game as far as matchups go. He says, do you see our secondary placing the division in jeopardy this week? Previously, the only wide receivers that have given our secondary trouble were small, quick guys. Um, so it's about Robinson with Baltimore and Deontay Johnson with Pittsburgh. It doesn't appear that Tampa Bay has any of those guys. Thoughts? Well, they have Russell Gage. I believe he's still healthy, right? Um, I Look, it's quality of receivers that should concern you, more so than, like, the size and the twitch. And maybe where they line up in a defense like Mike Evans hasn't really been phenomenal this year, but he's still going to probably have a thousand yard receiving season yet again. Chris Godwin had to bounce back from that knee injury, but he's started to come along the last couple of weeks. Those guys are pretty darn good, man. And the secondary right now, especially the cornerbacks, how much confidence do we have in C.J. Henderson? How, many, how much confidence do we have in Keith Taylor as a fan base? I know what Steve Wilson is going to say he said before, Henderson's got to make more plays. He said he has confidence in Keith Taylor. He has confidence in all those guys to go out there and play well. And that's, hey, that's his position group. So he certainly works with them every day. And hopefully he has them ready to go. And I'm sure him and Al Holcomb have put together a good game plan to try and stop Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and this pan, and this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers passing attack. But it's hard not to feel concerned when you're down your top two corners, but especially going in this game and being without J.C. Horn. So, yeah, the secondary probably is going to place the division in jeopardy this week. But the rest of the defense has to play well as well. The offense has to do their part. It's not just going to be one or two players, one position group, that's going to dictate whether they win this game or not. I mean, as Steve Wilson said, hey, we got to win up front. So the Panthers can win up front. That can help them get after Tom Brady. That can help the secondary be able to stay on the receivers and not have to be placed on an island throughout the game. So it's it's a position of concern for sure, going into Sunday's game. But I'm not going to get too uh caught up in it because there's a lot of areas where the Carolina Panthers have an advantage, and I think they have a little bit more advantages than the Buccaneers do heading into Sunday's game. Murray said, what if Matt Corral never got hurt and he was in this situation instead of Sam Darnold? With the playoffs on the line against Brady, what's your opinion on what that would look like? I don't know what it would look like, but if we're talking about a hypothetical where Matt Corral doesn't get hurt, he comes in, and the Panthers – are in this situation where they're in now and he's playing the way Sam's played over the last couple weeks, you would be feeling really freaking good about your rookie quarterback and potentially having found the guy. That's what the situation would be. You would not be overly concerned about whether you make the playoffs or not because really, I, I think I, I think a lot of people wouldn't be overly concerned because they're like, hey, we got Matt carra man. we bring in more weapons for him, help him out, maybe bring in a new head coach who might work with him or a better OC. I don't know. people That's what people would be saying, I think, more so than like, oh, can Matt Corral get to the Panthers to play us? Because if we can get him to the playoffs, then it makes you feel even better about it. But I think at this point in time, folks used to be like, hey, he's a rookie. He's playing well. We're on the cusp of the playoffs. Like, this looks like a success, even after all the nonsense of rule and everything else that's happened, y'all wouldn't, I don't think people would be all that upset about it. And it is an interesting hypothetical. Like, what if Matt Corral was in this situation? How much would that change, you know, David Tepper's thinking as far as what to do in the draft and as far as who he wants as his next head coach? I don't know. And it's unfortunate for Matt Corral that he got hurt and that he wasn't able to play this season. He wasn't able to potentially be where. In this situation, who knows, like would Steve Wilkes have chosen Matt Corral to be his guy or would he have gone to maybe Sam Darnold? Who knows? But uh, that is something I hadn't thought about. So that is a good question that you asked there, Murray. But I think a lot of people would feel pretty comfortable about the state of the franchise moving forward had Matt Corral came in, helped this team to win this couple games and played the way that Sam Darnold's played over the last couple of weeks and even if they didn't make the playoffs, I think people would feel pretty good heading into the offseason knowing that they probably, well, at least they their, their rookie quarterback, would have laid a solid foundation in his first year as a starter. All right, let's take another quick pause here on the show, then come back and I'll answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to the college bowl season to basketball. They've got you covered at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline
1: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, let's uh, wrap up this weekly Friday Mailbag Edition by answering a couple more mailbag questions and more quarterback questions. We were asking, um, or not we, but Murray was asking, about what things would look like now had it been Matt Corral. No idea. But I do think um, the overall way people look at this franchise, and there would not be the consternation of, oh, man, we go to the playoffs can we had a position for a quarterback. People are like, hell, let's go to the playoffs. Let's do it. And then let's use that first-round pick. And let's use some of the picks that uh, we got from San Francisco by trading away Christian McCaffrey to help build this roster around Matt Corral. Like, that would be the thinking. That would be the feeling around here, I think. I don't know. Who knows? Some other timeline out there, uh, that's actually the reality. So we'll see. But Sam Darnold, he's been playing well the last couple weeks. And we got Aaron who's asking, was Sam Darnold playing better each week? If this team goes to the playoffs, has he earned a bridge quarterback role with this team? The team seems like they are trusting him more and more each week. Yeah, he's played well the last two weeks. The first two missed some reads. Didn't really ask him to do too much. Did make some good throws. I just wasn't overly, like, blown away. But the last two weeks, I thought Sam Darnold's played well. I thought he was one of the only bright spots in that loss to Pittsburgh. And then last week, I mean, hell, it was the best offense performance of Panthers history. So there's nothing but positive things you can say about Sam in the run game and in the pass game. And it looked like last week is the first time he really felt confident in this offense since coming back where he was trusting the read that he saw as far as keeping the ball and running it. He was trusting what he saw in the past game. He was making all the right decisions. I'm sure there's a couple he missed, as does every quarterback week in and week out, but he wasn't missing as many. He hasn't made a mistake. You know, where's the wood? Knock on wood. Four straight games without a turnover. Could have had a turnover against Denver. Could have had a turnover against Seattle, but it didn't happen. I think he's playing well. Has he earned the right to be a bridge quarterback next year? It all depends on what they do in the first round. If they decide to get a guy like Anthony Richardson, if they go to the playoffs, he's going to have to wait, man. Look at Malik Willis. Now, Richardson, far more talented, but raw. Malik Willis, we talked about. He's a raw guy. He's going to have to sit there. He's going to have to probably wait a year, maybe even two. Who knows? Take your time. And I don't think there's anything wrong of waiting and trying to see uh, if that guy's the right guy, like giving him time to marinate because if you throw him out there and he's not ready, he looks bad you're going to hurt his confidence. And we talk about getting these quarterbacks and them being around for 15-plus years. Well, what's the rush to throw them out there if you want them to stick around and be your guy for a long time? I get it. You want to see them early so that you have a cost-controlled quarterback that doesn't impact the rest of the roster. Totally great. I get it. But you have to get the right guy for it to matter anyways. And I, I remember the NFL trend was, oh, get that rookie quarterback, get the rookie quarterback salary, and then build a team around them, and then, hey, try and win a Super Bowl then. Well, if the guy's not good, if it's not Mahomes, then does it really matter? Like, it didn't work out with Mitch Trubisky. Hey, look at some of the other quarterbacks. Is it really working with some of these other dudes? No. So, I always thought that was kind of silly. If you don't have the right guy, it doesn't really matter. As far as Darnold goes... He might earn an opportunity, whether it's a guy like Will Levis or if there's some if they get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young somehow, maybe they want to still, you know, let those guys sit and wait and learn and uh, from Darnold and from whoever the offensive coaching staff is next year, and not throw him out there. So it could be a potential, a potential opportunity like that. He could maybe just be here as a high level backup. Look at the Raiders. Uh, Josh McDaniels is scapegoated. Uh, Derek Carr. And they're gonna be in the market for a quarterback. If is it through the draft? Maybe, I guess. Kind of weird how they spent the entire offseason, the, them and the rest of the AFC West trying to chase the Chiefs. And now they're basically throwing in the towel and putting Jarrett Stidham out there. Maybe Darnold gets an opportunity there. You look at Arizona, Kyler Murray, he's gonna be out until at least October. Darnold could get a chance to start there, to start off next season. So he's not just playing for an opportunity to be maybe a bridge here, or maybe the franchise here, whatever it is. He's playing for his next job in the NFL. And there's other spots where the way Darnold's playing the last couple weeks, if he can continue, especially the way he played against Pittsburgh and then last week against the in the and the, the in the win against the Lions, he could possibly get the chance elsewhere if not here. So, we'll see how it works out. Uh Jake has yet another question uh, about Sam Darnold being like, it seems like people are so quick to praise Sam Darnold when he starts playing well, but when he plays bad, no one ever wants to see him in a Panthers uniform again. Why do you think Sam Darnold is such a polarizing player? And do you think that it's because of how many people hitched their wagon to him during that 2018 draft? Yeah, it could be that. Because when you really believe in someone and they struggle and then they start to show the glimpses of what you you know saw and hoped and thought they could be, then you're gonna be kind of you're gonna be high on them. Like I'm sure guys like Daniel Jeremiah are like, oh hey, look, Sam Darnold, that's what I thought what he could do. Tony Romo, I think, oh that's Sam Darnold, that's what I thought he could do. And there's people like me, like, I never really believed in Sam Brown even coming out of USC. And then when they brought him here, I was like, that's a terrible trade. And I don't think it has worked out. Now, right now, we'll see. He's still going to win two more games. The Panthers are to win two more games. But Sam has still helped his team win two more games. But even still, I don't even know if that necessarily means that he was worth the nearly $19 million in those three draft picks that they gave to the Jets. I think it's pretty obvious that he wasn't unless – he plays out of this world the next couple weeks, and they decide, hey, this is our guy, and he ends up being the franchise quarterback for the next 10 years. Then it would have been well worth the trade. But anything outside of him being the franchise quarterback would make that a failed trade, in my opinion. And that's what we've seen so far. I don't know why he's such a – maybe because he's polarizing because of the draft picks they gave up and the way he played last year and how he struggled. I never really looked at him as a polarizing player. I just think people are kind of being fair because, like, when he plays well – yeah, people should be excited. You should praise him like I have. And when he plays bad, then, yeah, you won't, and especially when he, was, when he was brought here to be the franchise and he's not being the franchise, that I could understand people being like, yeah, let's move on. This is not the guy. So I think it has everything to do with the Panthers giving up three draft picks and handing him $19 million without even seeing him play and then Sam Darnold not living up to that trade and to that contract. I think it's pretty simple to me. Um, Another Jake has a question saying, Derek Carr is going to step away from Las Vegas after getting benched uh, by Josh McDaniels. And maybe that's an ownership thing as well. Dot, 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 opportunity for Carolina. Oh, no, let's not do this. I knew the Derek Carr questions were going to come as soon as that happened. And really, anytime there's any sort of movement, people will be like, hey, Khalil Mack? Hey, um, should we go out there and get... OBJ, like anybody in the league, someone will ask me about that. Derek Carr is fine. Fine quarterback. Threw for a ton of yards last year. Pretty sure he led the NFL in passing yards last year. Helped the Raiders get to the playoffs amongst a crazy or amidst a crazy season. I don't know what's going on. I don't watch the Raiders at all. McDaniels is a garbage coach, so if anything, it's his fault. I'm curious what's going to happen with Devontae Adams, who's best friends with Derek Carr and only came to Las Vegas to be with Derek Carr and also close to the home. So is he going to be like, yo, bleep this. I don't want to be here anymore because that's a conversation I'd like to have. Devontae Adams to Carolina more so than Derek Carr to Carolina. But no, y'all. He's going to be a free agent. I don't – there's no reason for anyone to try and trade for him. It's a $5 million, like, cap hit that they have to take, the Raiders do, if they get rid of him. So why would anyone trade for him? It would be a team-friendly deal if you trade for him, but it makes no sense to give up any assets for a player that they're clearly moving off of. So let's see how the rest of the quarterback market plays out. But I'm of the opinion that the Panthers need to just draft a rookie, first-rounder, and then go with him and hope that's the right guy. But it's never as linear as that. Maybe Derek Carr is the right guy. But I just I think we've seen enough to know that Derek Carr is a, just an okay to good quarterback, and I don't really know if he's got the goods. So... Yeah, and Sam asked another question. being mean, meant to ask this question already, but if the Panthers follow the top 10, would it make sense to make a play for Derek Carr? Should he be released? Take the bridge here with Darnold or try to trade up in the draft. Uh, a tra- First, if we're going to do like top choice, second choice, third choice, top choice, trade up, second choice, bridge with Darnold, third choice, Derek Carr. Because at least Sam's familiar here. The guy's known in the locker room. And if Wilkes is here again, like he understands the culture. And I, I rather have the familiarity of Darnold than going out there and bringing in Derek Carr. Because if you bring in Derek Carr, the expectation is that he's going to be your guy for at least four or five years. But trade up in the draft, Darnold, Derek Carr. That's how I feel. And I don't dislike Derek Carr. I just, I really just don't see that much upside to bring in Derek Carr for the Carolina Panthers. Just one man's opinion, which is why you come here. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Again, y'all, make sure to watch the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. Also, subscribe so you don't miss the live breakdown of the Panthers Buccaneers game, probably around 5 o'clock or so on Sunday evening and be sure to check out every episode of the show wherever you list your favorite podcast if you don't watch on YouTube just be sure to rate review and subscribe and follow me Julian Council on Twitter at Julian Council where I'm sure I'll be offering some sort of commentary throughout the game and on really anything that pops in my head over here on Twitter and to participate in weekly Friday mailbag you gotta at me more likely DM me and I'll answer your questions next Friday where hopefully we'll be talking about a massive game at New Orleans But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding. Happy New Year. Enjoy it. Be safe. Do not be insane. Don't do anything stupid. Be smart and be right back here on Sunday evening as we talk about the Panthers beating Tom Brady and the Bucs. Until then, I'll see y'all.